Welcome to our mini-series of Paranormal Hunting Observation Group, known as FOG. Myself is Jose, colleague Chris, other colleague Casey. We're here today to open up a mini-series about tales from Wyoming. Um, some of these stories we've had happen in our own personal experiences and others are recorded in on the internet and also in some of the books that we've researched. We'll begin with our own personal account that took place uh, about 2013, the summer of, in the Snowy Mountain Range. Uh, the location was near a Rob Roy uh, Lake. I'll let Chris begin uh, with our story today. Well, to put some background to it, uh, that was a really hot weekend for the mountains. I mean, it was it was in the 90s. I mean, we were baking up there, and you know that's at 10,000 feet, and so. You know, one of those weird Wyoming weekends where it's just really freaking hot. And so, uh, you know, we were there two nights, guys trip, uh, me and Jose, my friend Ryan and his son, you know, did some fishing, did some, some minor drinking at night, nothing too outrageous. And so, you know, uh, on the second night, Ryan, Ryan had to leave early. So it was just Jose and myself. And so, you know, Fishing was total garbage because it was so hot. You know, fish were lethargic; they weren't biting or anything. And so, you know, that that evening, I I want to say probably around six o'clock. You know, we had just eaten dinner and and uh, you know we heard some howls. Uh, you know, I, I've listened to a lot of coyote howls in my life. You know, I, I as I grew up, I spent my my time in the mountains. We had a cabin up in Snowy Range, and so I'm very familiar with the. You know the, the sounds that coyotes making. This is not coyotes, and uh, it's it's too far south to be wolves. Uh, wolves haven't migrated that far down yet. There are, there are no known sightings or migrations of, of the gray wolf down um, in Snowy Range for the Rocky Mountains. So so we can rule that out. But anyway, uh, you know we heard sounds from two different directions. One to the northwest of us, and then. Uh, one to the direct southeast of us, so you know, pretty much surrounded, and they were there were howls of some kind, and and it sounded like they were echoing each other. They began to move in direction, um, so you know that's a pretty cool experience, but you know a little freaky at the same time, you know. And of course, you've got some some cool added effect of as the temperature drops rapidly because we're right next to the lake, you get to see all the the fog moving in over the lake, and so the fog's moving in over the lake. And we, you know, we're already tired. You know, it, it, we said we had a late night, probably got maybe one or two hours of sleep. And so you're kind of already on edge. Um, you're hearing the howls. You're, you're almost feeling hunted. And so you know, I'm, I'm walking back up to the car to get something. And I remember hitting kind of this weird, I almost want to call it a vortex of heat. Now I realized it was hot as heck that day. The sun might have been beating down on some rocks, but it was just... Yeah, I, really weird experience and so add on to that the sleep deprivation sounds of the howls you know the ambience of the fog rolling across the lake and you're a little bit freaked out by now so i go back down to the lake and and you know i didn't really say much other than hey man you know do you really want to stay another night or you know should we go home and you know and i'll, I'll let jose uh chime in on on what he said and what we felt on that after at that point picking up from that point Christopher was right about how, you know, we were sitting there, the, the evening's very serene. There wasn't a lot of people left on the lake by this time as uh, we were buckling down. Our friend Ryan had already left for the day. And so Chris and I were sitting around a campfire. And when we did begin to hear these 
canines or whatever howling and all that and way off in the background down in the valley there um i jokingly said hey you know we we've watched a lot of different shows some of the bigfoot shows you know there's there's been a lot of researchers that like to throw out calls and all that I'm like why not try it you know we've done research in in the paranormal for a while so we were like you know this is something new maybe we maybe there's something to it so I let out a few of these whoops and other yelps out there and and that's really got whatever it was out there. We thought they were coyotes. We we can't validate if they were or not. But it was like they reacted to every single time that we yelled out and it just had this echo which really <laughs> added to the ambience of, of us feeling like, you know, this is a little unnerving and it wasn't till this point where I'm standing next to Chris, I I let out one more and this sound that came back was very odd. It's 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 very hard to describe. I, I wish I could do that for you right now, but I can't because it was just one of those unique kind of sounds. But as soon as that came back, Chris said, oh, I don't think we should do that again, man. And I mean, he was being serious. Usually we like to joke around a lot, but I could tell in his face, like, yeah, I probably, probably better cut that out. So... At that point, that's where we were talking, like, oh, yeah, maybe we should just go. We're kind of tired. And besides, the night before was a little bit uncomfortable sleeping on this slope there in our tent. So as he was packing up and all that, we really didn't say a lot. It was very quiet. There was no one else around that we could tell. So, so far, we're all left alone in the middle of this tree line near the edge of the lake. And I had this feeling of being watched. You know, we've been out in the wilderness a long time. You know when animals are circling you and... You just really keep your, your yourself aware of all your surroundings, especially there late at night in the middle of the wilderness. I, for one, am about carrying your firearm when you're out there because, you know, it's not so much of the animals, but if there's other people that might be lurking around, I mean, you don't want to take chances. So as Chris comes back down from the trail where, the, where our car was located, mind you, where he had it parked, it was a very, very tight fit. There's aspen trees there, and also it was unlikely that anyone else could even be parked next to us. And that's when he said, hey, Mandy, you got your gun on you? And I was like, yeah, why? He's like, oh, okay. Hey, you're playing your music on the on your iPod there. Maybe you should uh, just help me carry this cooler up. This is the last of the stuff we got to go. Let's just walk up together. I'm like, okay. Normally, I mean, I've been with Chris numerous of times in the woods, and he's like not one to like, hey, you want to tag along? But needless to say, we didn't say anything to each other. We get to walking up to the top of that trail. And I hadn't known this, but he's like, you feel that? I'm like, yeah, what is that? And there's like this warm pocket of air. It's almost like to describe when we go into a haunted location, people describe a psychic cold and it's really cold. This was the opposite. It was like very warm, like almost like the heat from a car running, that much heat coming off that area. However, it was only from, I'd say, from the point of our waistline up to our necks. And no higher, no lower. And uh, that was that was really spooky. And I didn't say much more. I'm like, okay, let's hurry and get out of here. And, you know, Chris gets in the car. I get in with him. And he starts putting in reverse. And we're having a little trouble getting out of there. And maybe it was sleep deprivation. Maybe we were just, you know, because we got a little excited. We just wanted to leave. But I choked out and said, oh, hell no, it's not going to let us leave. 
and I was trying to poke fun at it, but at the same time, I actually was really scared, but I didn't want to admit it to my best friend. But we finally got out of there, and we're going down the road, and neither of us really said anything that whole way driving down the dirt road. We go through Albany. We start going down the highway, and I'm asking him, like, hey, man, what was that? He's like, I don't know. Maybe we're just tired. We're barely making conversation. Next thing you know, I'm like, whoa, look out, Chris. And all of a sudden, this big porcupine out of nowhere, like, comes out of the middle of the road. And we almost hit him. Like, oh, God. You know? So I'm like, dude, slow down. He's like, I'm not speeding up. I'm like, why is your spot? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, did you have any problems? Do you recall? you have any problems with the accelerator or anything at the time of your vehicle? No, I think it, I think, I think it just felt fast. And uh, I think it was just a mental thing. I think we were just so spooked by whatever by sleep deprivation by the feeling of being hunted or, or something but what I distinctly remember the most was man going down that road and just my eyeballs darting left to right looking at the shadows between the trees because you know by that time it was almost completely dark and and the headlights going down the road and just feeling hunted feeling hunted like is something gonna jump out of those trees you know and nail the side of the vehicle or something I yeah, that I, feeling of being stalked was pretty imminent, especially down yeah. when we were at the campsite. Well, and I, it seems ridiculous now, considering we're in a, you know, we're in a, an SUV and, you know, I, we're doing 30 miles an hour. We're perfectly safe at that point. I mean, there's no animal in the woods that's going to outrun that at that point. But, I mean, I, you know, the weirdest thing of all was the fact that by the time we got to Laramie, it was like a cloud had lifted, like a weight had lifted, and, you know, despite the fact that we're tired... Now we're laughing, joking, and, you know, not feeling on edge and, you know, just just total freaked out. Yeah, the ominous feeling definitely dissipated as soon as we got close to, to right. West Laramie. And it's not an issue of, you know, being in the mountains at night. I've been, like I said, I grew up up there pretty much. You know, every summer I spent almost the entire summer up there at our cabin. I mean, I'd, I'd go out at midnight and sit on the culvert on the creek and, and you know, fish by the, the starlight and the moonlight. It doesn't freak me out. It, it, it's not an issue. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. So, you know, I, I can't explain it. it. That's all I can say is I can't explain it. It's either, either intense sleep deprivation or, I mean, we were, you know, the, the instinct was kicking off of self-preservation and the feeling of being hunted is all I can say. And mind you, we've done some research here and been finding, I mean, even back to the year 2008, there are stories recorded in that area of the Snowy Mountains. Um, Anywhere from UFO activity, uh, Albany County's been known as one of the, the number one hotspots of UFO activity in the state. And then there's activity from even, if you want to call it Bigfoot sightings and, or experiences that have actually happened out there. And I'm not to say that that's what was stalking us, but it, it was pretty odd that after throwing out those sounds in the woods like that and for it to respond in that way, was it one? Maybe. I mean, but, we'll never know. Well, I would even venture forth to say, you know, uh, I looked at the the data repository for MUFON and, and Albany County, which en encompasses the area that we were in, has one of the highest rates of UFO sightings in Wyoming. So, uh, you know, Laramie County was, was second behind that, obviously, because, you know, for obvious reasons, we have the Air Force Base. So, you know, sightings of anything are going to be higher there. But Albany County is higher than Laramie County. And, you know, the only airport that is there is the University of Wyoming's airport out on the outside of Laramie, um, where they do their, their flight training school. So not a whole lot of aircraft going in and out of there. 
So you would think that the sightings would be lower than in Cheyenne, where we have an airport, where we have a military base with helicopters, where we have Air National Guard base with C-130s. So, you know, uh, I think there's something to be said about that. The other things that we found in that same area, and this is this this is really odd because in the area that we were camped that night, about a year later, I met a person, uh, this gentleman and his father, and I happened to be taking care of this this guy's dad and um, in, in the other line of work that I do, and um, I noticed that he he was from Connecticut. I said, but he was he was wearing a, a Wyoming Cowboys jersey, and I said, oh, did you like Wyoming Cowboys? He's like, well, I was actually from Wyoming. I said, oh, but you got a hat from Connecticut, too. And he's like, yeah, I live there, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, you know, the state of Connecticut's known for a lot of paranormal activity as far as ghosts and other hauntings and all. And he's like, that's funny you say that. He's like, you believe in different things like that? I was like, well, yeah. And I said, well, do you do a lot of camping or anything in Wyoming? I was like, yeah. He's like, I'll have to share a story with you. And uh, he proceeded to tell me this story of camping out at Rob Roy. And I'm like, really? I said, my friend and I, that's where we like to go camping a lot and fishing. And he's like, yeah, I uh, I, I set up a teepee alongside the lake. Um, I, I found these symbols, these Native American symbols, and I decided, oh, those look pretty cool. So I'm going to go ahead and paint them on the teepee just to add to the effect. I'm like, you didn't really look them up before you did? He's like, no, I just figured they were... They were cool to put on them. I'm like, oh, okay. He says, it was strange that after I got settled in for the night and I get ready to go in the teepee, he said, I just had this feeling of something watching me. I'm like, that that's strange. He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know if it had anything to do with what I was doing or where I was. I'm like, he said, but that whole time I was out there, he said, I felt like something was watching me. He's like, I couldn't even really sleep that night. And so I, I started asking him, I'm like, where, where were you camped? And the description really matched up closely to where Christopher and I had camped that night. Needless to say, uh, story short, uh, uh, there was a day that Chris and I went out fishing, and, uh, you know, it was pretty comfortable. It was daytime. We're not feeling that, that, that eeriness anymore, and it was in that same spot where we camped where we actually, I felt like we were running from that night, but... Um, I'm thinking this ranger's coming down the trail here, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I got my I got my sidearm on me. And next thing you know, I hear this guy say, hey, Jose. And I turn around, and it's this guy, Joe, that I met, who's telling me the story about camping there with his teepee. And he's with his brother, and he's with his nephew, and he's introducing me to him. He's like, oh, yeah, this this guy took care of dad. And he's like, I figured that was you. I'm like, description of you and everything. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, Joe. I was like, yeah, the last time we talked, we were telling our stories here about the lake. And I was like, uh, that's funny that you're here today. I said, because there's the spot right there of what, what ha- where we were when that stuff happened to Chris and I. And he said, oh, really? He's like, that's where I had my teepee. I said, no way. He's like, yeah. Coincidence? I don't know. So we went our separate ways after that. And I kind of laughed about it. And I told Christopher, I was like, that's weird. This, there must be something to this. So I went back home later on and uh, did some research on the internet and I started looking up things about as far as, you know, not only UFO experiences or reports, but also Bigfoot reports. And it was very hard to find anything from that area. However, I found one that was dated back 2008. A young man was with his friends 
uh, riding ATVs. Uh, it's known that people like to ride those a lot out there in the backcountry and in the snowy mountains and near Fox Park and Woods Landing. And this kid uses an alias, uh, obviously on the online, and he's talking about him riding with his friends on the ATVs. And he breaks off from his buddies. They're going their own ways. He's off by himself, and he reports that he hears this really loud scream, almost like a woman in agony. And it spooked him, and he's looking off in the distance, and in the tree line, he's thinking, oh, wow, there's a bear standing on its back legs. Well, there's black bear that are known to, to, to venture out in that area, so he's watching it, and then he realizes, like, that's not a bear. And the screams belt out again. It's coming from this creature. He said it's black and furry, and it looked kind of like a, an ape. And it was walking up the side of the ridge there. Um, he didn't stick around, of course. He, he says that he, he drove off really fast on his ATV to try to get back and regroup with his friends. Um, but he, he waited about two years before he even reported this incident because he's like, I'm not even going to use my real name. People aren't going to believe me. But I found it interesting because I was like, wow, that came out of the Snowy Mountains. So one of my friends I was helping with um, one time of, of this, this summer, a couple years back, we were babysitting their uh, nephews and a brother had been off to some services. He was a pastor in Severance, Colorado. Uh, this guy was a taxidermist and he also had like a, a wildlife uh, sanctuary. So he'd take in animals that, you know, like raccoons and other, other creatures like that that kind of needed to be relocated. Um, when we went to this guy's house, he had like all these buffalo skins and you name it. I mean, all these different pelts. I'm like, wow, this guy's really into this stuff. So he gets home that night and he walks into the front room and he comes in trying to like spook us. And he's got this big old buffalo hide on his back. I was like, well, man. If you had anything else on top of your head, you would look just like a Sasquatch. And he's like, that's funny you say that. And he's like, did my sister ever tell you the story about what happened to me? And I'm like, you're being serious? He's like, yeah. So I'm like, okay. He's like, sit down for a minute if you got five minutes. I'm like, okay. So he proceeds to tell me that he and his friends are riding ATVs in the Snowy Mountain Range. And I'm listening like, Snowy Mountains, here we go again. And he says, you know, there's five of us. We're riding up the dirt road. He says, I go to look back, make sure everybody's with us. He said, in a glimpse of a second, he's like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. He said, it, it was moving really fast, and it looked like this gorilla running across the road and down into the valley and hurrying up into the tree line. He's like, did I just see what I saw? He's like, so I didn't say anything, but I made sure everybody was still with us. We get to a checkpoint. We stop. Everybody's looking like they have this 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 look on their faces like did you see that they start talking after a couple minutes and the subject gets brought up like hey while we were riding back there i noticed this thing run across the road from behind us like it was running along with us and then when we noticed it it took off and it's like yeah i saw it too i'm like well, what did you see and they all described the same thing it was really tall it was on two legs it wasn't a bear it looked like a gorilla to him, black hair, furry, and it runs off down into the woods. And I'm like, there's another story of, you know, Sasquatch stuff. So in the light of our own close circles here, we've shared stories about that, you know, fishing stories, campfire stories. Um, I'll make it real short. One of my, one of my uh, co-workers 
was telling me about her brother and their family. They hunt a lot, and her brother likes to hunt deer with a bow, and uh, he was in his tree stand out in the Snowy Mountain Range. Didn't say where he was exactly, but um, he was out there by himself. She's like, my brother's not afraid of anything. But this one day, he's out there in the middle of the day waiting to hunt some deer, and he's up in his tree stand, and he starts hearing these loud screams like a woman in pain. And it spooked him. He's like, I've never heard anything like that before. She's like, mind you, my brother's been a hunter for years, so he's pretty aware of his environment and all the sounds of the woods. And it's like, it was enough to make him uneasy that he didn't even want to stick around. Like, he hurried up, got broke down his tree stand, and got the heck out of there. She said, he never told me anything else. Whether he saw anything or heard anything else, he didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, so I told her all these stories I'm telling you today. I was like, what do you think? She's like, I don't know. Maybe there's something out there. We have a lot of family that's in Laramie, and I've talked to them, a lot of them avid hunters. I'm like, do you believe there's a lot of strangeness going on in the woods? Like, anything can happen out there. And I've had family tell me, like, yeah, we get stories like that all the time. Uh, some of the research I've done to look and track where there's uh, sightings of Bigfoot in our state, most of them are concentrated up in the Tetons and the Yellowstone Range coming down out of Idaho and Montana. Um, and it tapers off. But then it begins to build up again near the Albany County area, near the Snowies. And then it gets really heavy again when it crosses the straight line down into the Red Feather Lakes area and then up through Pikes Peak. So are those some type of migration patterns that, that are, we're being able to see from that? I don't know. There's going to need to be more research into that. But I just thought we'd share that with you today. and Hopefully we'll, we'll find some more stories and maybe even more experiences in the, in the coming future. And if you have uh, any experiences, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at enterthefog at fog.org. That's P-H-O-G dot org. And enterthefog is E-N-T-E-R-T-H-E-P-H-O-G. So let us know if you've experienced anything in the Snowy Range or in Albany County or, heck, even in Laramie County, if you're near the Air Force Base or in the city of Cheyenne. Uh, thanks for listening, and tune back again.